Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Syrupcast. As always, I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. Uh, we are on episode 108. Today, uh, if you're listening on Friday, is February 17th. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you all had a great time with your significant other. I'm joined by my good friend, uh, Patrick O'Rourke. What's up, Igor? How are you? I'm good. And yourself, sir? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Jessica Vomero. Hey, Igor. How you doing? I'm good. And last but certainly not least, Mobile Series publisher and owner, Ian Hardy. Thank you, Igor. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we brought you on the podcast, not only because you are the syrup dad, but because um, one government, the federal government, decided to approve once and for all the uh, acquisition, Bell's acquisition of MTS in what has been a long and ongoing process, one might say. Uh, and so we thought you, as someone who's kind of looked at it since the start, is going to give us all the hot takes. I love so, hot takes. So bring them, boss man. Let's, let's cut to the music. Yeah, cut to the music. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so the MTS deal uh, has been finally approved once and for all, as I said at the start, by the uh, federal government. Uh, it needed two more uh, rounds of approval, one by the Competition Bureau and the other by the Federal Department of Innovation, Science and Economic Development. Um, and they, quote, said that this was, there, or Bell said, I should say, uh, that there was some tough negotiating that had to be done before the deal um, could pass muster. Because obviously in taking out uh, a fourth competitor, they kind of wanted some equilibrium with another fourth competitor uh, to kind of coincide with its ongoing strategy in, ca- in Canada when it comes to wireless so as a part of the deal, uh, Bell will uh, divest 24,700 subscribers, wireless spectrum, and six retail locations to ExploreNet uh, Communications, Inc., uh, which is a company I wasn't really familiar with until yesterday, and then I found out that they do rural internet throughout Canada. I'd, I'd never heard of them. When, when Ian wrote the story, I looked at him and asked what ExploreNet was. Right. And I said, what isn't it not? Oh, yes. that's a good answer. <laughs> because not only do they re- do real broadband, but they also uh, help launch satellites into space. Do they? Wow. Yes. Pretty uh, that's exciting cool. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, something they are not, at least currently, uh, until March 17th, is a wireless uh, provider. Um, they do use wireless to send out, you know, internet, wired, quote unquote, wired internet to some rural communities, but they are not as we traditionally conceive of a wireless. So wireless that's kind of an interesting, right? Uh, so this is, their big, this is their first entry into the market, as it were. Um, Bell will also divest uh, 100,000 or 110,000 subscribers and 13 retail locations to tell us this was previously announced. Uh, I think this was part of the CRTC's mandate that they had to do this. Um, and as you quite rightfully noted, Ian, in your article, 
Bell on March 17th will once again reclaim the prize of the second biggest uh, national carrier in Canada. It's probably a big title for them too. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we've had discussions about this before, but you have to imagine George Cope and company were pretty upset when TELUS took that crown from them, right? Yeah, when, when they took over Public Mobile. Yes. They go, yeah. yeah, we got Public Mobile, we got all their subscribers. Mm-hmm. And they uh, took over sec- second place. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too sure if, 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 it's, if that's even a good number because it all comes down to how much those people are paying per month. Right, right. So, um, but this MTS deal is actually pretty important from a, mm-hmm. from a wireless carrier perspective in Canada because you have the big three, Rogers, Bell, Telus, who have about 90, 95% of the market share in Canada yeah. from a subscriber base and also from a, a network rollout perspective. They, they have majority of the spectrum across Canada. Mm-hmm. So with MTS, which is based in Manitoba, for those who don't know, Manitoba Telecom Services, they have about, at this point, maybe about 475,000 subscribers, just above that probably. So they're going to divest some a third of their subscribers to TELUS, and the rest Bell will take, and they're going to give 24,000, just under 25,000 to mm-hmm. um, ExploreNet. But it's it's important that Explorer gets it, even though that they're, they're not going to be launching anytime soon with the next few months. Yeah, that when they get out of the gate, they're going to have a network. They're going to have subscriber base. They don't really have to work too hard. Mm-hmm. But the government needed to have four competitors in a province, so they basically said, "Hey, we need to adjust this. Mm-hmm. Explorer wants to come in. We're going to give you a little bit of a piece of the pie to satisfy all 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 the necessities." Yeah. So the question I had, and it's one I'd like kind of everyone to answer, um, and I'll lead this off with a quote from the Commissioner of Competition, John Peckman, who said, while today's consent agreement is expected to address my concerns with the merger, we will continue to keep a close watch on competition in Manitoba and across Canada in the mobile wireless services market. Given the findings of our review, any future potential mergers by Canada's three mobile wireless providers, Bell, Rogers, and TELUS, can expect to receive close examination by the borough bureau excuse me um so th- th- are they like admitting that they were a little too lax with this and they're going to handle it differently next yeah, time so <laughs> that's I what it sounds like to me it seems like this is a strange kind of um place in the sand to draw the line right like um i guess ian for you i i'd ask why if the goal of the government is to have four competitors in each province why get rid of a perfectly good one and you know start from scratch essentially um with explorenet giving sure twenty four thousand subscribers isn't nothing but it's also not the scale that mts had right? right um so i guess as someone who's you know you've covered this industry longer than any of us uh, all of us combined in fact uh so, so old <laughs> or Young experienced. at heart. Yes, young at heart. Time but experience. Does, time doesn't exist, remember? But, yeah. but does does MTS, for those maybe listening in Manitoba or here, mm-hmm. um, was MTS a, a a competitor, per se, in the wireless space? I think so, yeah. So, yes, they were in the sense that there was a fourth player. But mm-hmm. were they actually competing on price? Yes. But were the, were the subscribers getting value for that price? Mm-hmm. Was it reaching the the full network capability that potentially Bell could do with all their you know money behind them? 
Mm-hmm. So Bell, Bell's going to invest a billion dollars into Manitoba, mm-hmm. which is a significant amount of money. They bought MTS for $3.9 billion, mm-hmm. uh, way above value uh, yeah. that MTS is. Actually, their stock value is way less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's reasons to think that can Bell offer more than MTS ever could? Mm-hmm. And probably the government's saying, yes, this is something that mm-hmm. they, they could do. From a competitive standpoint, um, could MTS ever compete with Bell or Talos or Rogers on mm-hmm. price and devices and all that stuff? Probably not, e- even though they get the same devices a little bit later or the same devices at the same time. But, but the real value is um, the, the network reliability, the spectrum, the speed, mm-hmm. um, and price. Mm-hmm. Now, MTS did offer significant price discounts to get people in, specifically for bundling. Mm-hmm. Um, Bell will do that as well. Mm-hmm. Right, and so one of the things that Bell has either promised or um, I'm not sure quite the word for it. Oh, it's but, a nice promise. Uh, is that they won't prices won't change for the next 12 months following the closure of the deal, which is on March 17th, which I think is also in some ways kind of a threat that they will totally uh, yeah, increase well, after 12 <laughs> months. You yeah. know? So, well, well, let's say I bought something for $3.9 billion. Yeah. That'd be awesome, number one. <laughs> yeah. Right? But you, you within the day after, a year after the, a year to the day after, I would totally increase prices to get my money back. Mm-hmm. Because at 470,000 subscribers at like 50 bucks a pop or 60 bucks a pop for a monthly, yeah. monthly price. I don't take a long time to pay back $3.9 billion. bucks. Are mm-hmm. you telling me that they're going to add a system access fee? Moving. <laughs> <laughs> Dare to dream. I I wonder what that'd be called in Manitoba. A Bell MTS access fee. It is. Um, So I guess Jess and Patrick, do you guys want to pitch in on on that conversation? I mean, one of one of the things, and I I was reading this. Obviously, I'm not uh, as well versed in the the CRTC and telecom Mm -hmm. wireless space as some of us. Um, But to me, it seemed that the CRTC was doing its best to balance a difficult situation. Um, I don't know if they actually accomplished that goal because, uh, yeah. like we were talking before, twenty four thousand subscribers isn't very much. I believe that's what they're giving Ex- ExploreNet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't know how how you handle that situation because then you get into the whole argument of, of government trying to, to to regulate the industry, mm-hmm. which is what the CRTC is supposed to do to a certain extent. But how hands on are they supposed to be as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I it's it's. I, I don't know how they could have handled it differently. Really, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what could have been done differently. In your opinion, Jess? Um, well, I think that when we started covering this acquisition mm-hmm. not long ago, we talked a lot about the oligarchy that is Canadian Telecom. And careful using that word, God. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. Um, and I think that this really speaks to the what we expected. From mm-hmm. the deal, I think that we know that Bell's acquisition of MTS probably offers customers in that region a lot more value, despite the fact that I mean, does it? I, I, I mean, mean it eventually, yeah. likely that will be the case. So that I didn't mean to cut you off, but that yeah, was something okay. I was going to ask. Like, is service going to improve in any way? Like, because uh, Bell has the, I, I guess, the means to invest more in infrastructure. Probably would would service improve. So even even before this deal closed, Bell and MTS announced 
that they've started to improve service in various parts of Manitoba okay. already. Mm-hmm. So there will be like some level of benefit yeah, to, yeah. to Manitoba. Yeah, right? so, so. Like, like the end result for a customer, and we've covered this, covered this a number of times mm-hmm. from different reports from the COTC, from um, the CCTS, everyone just wants good price, uh, better, better value, uh, reliability, um, and also they just want to have really good service. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I've never been to Manitoba. I've never used MTS, so I don't know about their spectrum and how reliable they are. Um, but I think Bell is uh, capable enough to do it, mm-hmm. if, if anyone. And so is Telus, obviously, uh, and so is Rogers. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter about what what's what's going to happen to the customers. Right. right. So I think I should note, like in a lot of Manitoba, there's not enough population density for the carriers to be incentivized to build out their own towers. So they end up sharing these towers. So in that sense, like as Ian mentioned, MTS and Bell, and then you could say by extension, tell us we're already working on building out these towers together, right? And so they were all using the same tower because the population density just wasn't there. So whether like service will actually increase, uh, I'm not so sure, right? Like, um, just looking at MTS's website, like you have a great selection of phones: S7 on zero dollars, S6 on zero dollars, G5 on zero dollars, iPhone on um, zero dollars. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, and and it should be known that Rogers and MTS. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a network sharing agreement too. Yeah. So okay. I'm not too sure how that's going to handle. Yeah. Um, I think the interesting question now is how does this affect Canada's telecom uh, scene moving forward? Um, do, you know, the Co- Competition Bureau, sorry for all the background noise, guys. Um, do we now see kind of? I know the Competition Bureau has said that it, you know, it's going to have offer more scrutiny to future mergers. But now, do we st- start to see players like, like, what does that even mean? Is like, do we start seeing players like Eastlink, Topple? You know, what happens to Sastel? Obviously, it's owned by the government, so that kind of throws a wrench in it. But you know, is like the consolidation that people have been, you know, been worried about for a really long time. Is that that like? Not a distant reality, but a very much a future, like a very near future one. Well, I mean, I think that that statement says a lot mm-hmm. of what the CRTC thinks about this competition deal. Competition Bureau. The uh, Competition yeah. Bureau thinks about this deal. It seems like a bit of an admission to me mm-hmm. that not enough scrutiny was given to this deal and that mm-hmm. they will go forth and offer that scrutiny in and in future deals, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But that's just what I make of what was said. Yeah. Again, I think it comes back to there's like, so few opportunities left to offer yeah, that. Who, who, who would be next? The only yeah. one yeah. Re- re- realistically. Link, right? No, Videotron. Videotron, you think so? yeah. In Quebec. There's more heat and more competition in Quebec than probably any other province, mm-hmm. apart from Ontario. Yeah. Uh, Quebec is such a hotbed for competition. Uh, East Link, um, sorry, uh, Videotron goes after Bell and Rogers on small business mm-hmm. uh, on every level. Uh, mm-hmm. They go after um, uh, Bell and Rogers and Telus on wireless plans, mm-hmm. on cable, internet, home phone. Mm-hmm. So, but who who would they merge with? Freedom, um, Shaw? You think yeah, so? No. Who knows? So, so when 
the competition bureau says uh, we're going to look at it later at future deals, like you're you're exactly correct. Who who would that be? Yeah, e- Eastlink's a really small player. Yeah, um, private. You don't know how much they are. Yeah, which is, which is owned by the by the Bragg family, and they own ninety eight percent of the blueberry population. Or export all, 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 all blueberries in Canada. So they're going to be healthy for a long while. Yeah, blueberries are really a good oxidant. Really good for you. There you go. So you need to eat more yeah. blue, blueberries. They're like really great for your skin. So yeah. we should all eat, eat more, more blueberries. blueberries. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. they are. <laughs> we should have a, uh, a, a mid-year blueberry fest. I agree. I'm down right. for that. I think yeah, there I'm is a blueberry fest already. But we should go to blueberries and syrup. Yeah. They're not going to let you return to Videotron, Igor. Yes. So you were saying, Ian, yes. So who would be left to to join up? And is there a need for people, for more more people to join up, right? If the government wants four competitors in each province, how how would that look, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So I guess, but I mean, where do you, if you're a Bell, Telus, or uh, Rogers, where do you go looking for subscribers at this point? 100%. 100%. Right? Like, because, I mean, I think you see that. It's interesting because you mentioned, you know, Videotron and obviously, you know, they're. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Former CEO is now the current CEO came back um, today. Uh, but he, you know, like while he was away, uh, Videotron kind of moved away from the media assets, right, and focused more on wireless, right, and to and kind of scaled back, moved, looked away, or start stopped looking outside of the province and focused in on Quebec. Um, and so, but you see that across all the kind of big players, where it's like, you know, Wired subscribers are they're losing that. You know, obviously, Wired Internet is pretty still good but tv is not what it used to be telephone is not what it used to be and soon enough wireless is not what it used to be right it's already starting to an extent really i think wireless is where it's going to be well yeah i mean that's where they're like that's where they're going to look for you know growth right and increasing those prices right so um but you still need like this market is kind of, I think, tapped out in terms of subscribers, right? Like, yeah. People just have to have more children. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Gotta or, populate yeah. this country. Or just have more than one line. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they do in, in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's like 104% uh, saturation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people have more than one, one, one mobile device. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that the thing that I really can offer here is I write up a lot of the earnings reports for Mobile Syrup and mm-hmm. the telecom reports have been coming out over the past little while, Talis, Rogers, Bell. And we took a look at what the breakdown, I think you edited my Telus mm-hmm. earnings report, right? So we took a look at that together and we noticed that wireless really carried the other sectors of those businesses yeah. where they're kind of 
kind of tail spinning in mm-hmm. a lot of areas, especially in the like cable TV. Yeah. Um, wireless really was the one that kept them. That was just soaring. Mm-hmm. And I, and so many numbers, I don't remember exact numbers from the reports right now, but I do mm-hmm. remember distinctly that that was a trend throughout all of the big carriers that we looked at, that they mm-hmm. were all obviously making a lot of money, but most of that was coming from wireless while they were kind of losing in other areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's going to be a really, I think it's safe to say um, it's going to be an interesting couple of next years, right? Like just when we thought, I mean, it's interesting, Ian, just looking back in the two years that I've been uh, with you, like. Thank you. Um, no, just it's interesting, like how much <laughs> just in that little time that uh, mobile has changed in Canada, right? Totally. Like we thought, I think, I think it was safe to say, like, would you say it's actually, I should ask you, like, is it safe to say, like, at that point, two years ago, you thought, like, kind of mobile was entering this kind of steady period in Canada where, because the past, like, seven years had been so... So in 2008, the, yeah. the AWS spectrum happened. Yeah. So that was hot for, like, uh, two, three years. Yeah. And then Win Mobile, now Freedom, Public Mobile sold the TELUS. Uh, Mobilicity, thankfully, is disintegrated, went to Rogers. (laughs) Um, And so those all consolidated in some form or another. Mm -hmm. And then the AWS 3 auction happened, Mm -hmm. which is around the time that you came. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's more spectrum. And now I think we're going to have the 600 Mm -hmm. uh, coming up, um, which is another round of, like, um, people bidding on spectrum. Yeah. So somehow... Um, it's still going. I think you're 100% correct when um, there'll be more interest in how to capitalize on media mm-hmm. and ha- how to capitalize on the data. Yeah. And more people are consuming more media on their smartphone or tablet yeah. or mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of change, uh, last week we started talking a bit about the CRTC and looking back at the wireless code to adjust for changes in Canada's telecom uh scene and jess you and i we sat down we read through all those transcripts most of them anyway (laughs) uh there were quite a few to go through um and you kind of picked and choose some highlights so um if you could just start us off what was kind of a highlight for you um okay well thank you igor Uh, i really do appreciate you helping me go through four volumes of crtc transcripts sounds sounds like a harry potter book yeah, it was a Harry Potter book. <laughs> Harry I could Potter. have read J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, yeah. which Harry, I have not read. Harry Potter and the four yeah. volumes of CRTC transcripts? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it was fascinating, really. Um, but what the changes that were actually made were far from wizardry, I have to say. Oh, oh. oh. That was good. That was a hot yeah. take. I think we know our podcast title. <laughs> I'm going to um, write it down now. Yeah, wizardry <laughs> missing JP plays. Gone. <laughs> Yeah, the Photoshop class. You've got glasses. Yeah. Put them like a, you know, like a uh, Harry Potter outfit. <laughs> That's it. You That's nailed perfect. it. <laughs> um, well, I actually picked out uh, four main highlights that I tried to consolidate from like 200 pages of transcripts that Igor and I went through. And the top one that neither one of us could ignore was the fact that unlocking fees are still too high. Mm-hmm. And actually representatives from Freedom Mobile went to the CRTC hearing to present their argument that unlocking fees are just a money grab and should be eliminated entirely, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Right. Um, but 
in general, the larger carriers seemed to be pretty neutral on unlocking mm-hmm. fees, while the smaller carriers were um, adamant that they should be eliminated. For sure, yeah. And it was interesting, I think, in, to kind of add to last week's discussion, what was interesting uh, in looking for the transcripts was there were a lot of kind of special interest groups, uh, yeah. specifically ones representing groups with disabilities, so either those with, that are deaf or hard of hearing or blind or legally blind, um, saying, you know, for our customers or mm-hmm. our communities, it makes a lot of sense not to have unlocking fees. And the example they gave is if you're a deaf person, uh, you use video to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can sign with your friends or family lang- uh, or family members. And so you end up depending on uh, video and lots of data. And so uh, a talk and text, the texting portion of a talk and text plan is useful to you, but the talking portion, not so much. Right. Right. And so it was interesting in that sense that, you know, it gave me some empathy. Uh, I don't know about you, Jess, but for me personally, it gave me some empathy to how other communities and groups of people use smartphones and also kind of reiterated how important smartphones have become I day found, to life. I found the disability section the most interesting when yeah. I was editing the story yeah. that you guys put together too, just because those are things that as someone who's like able-bodied, those are things I don't even think, think of, about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even, even just the way that they use data differently. Um, yeah the amount of data that's used when you're doing a video call, if that's all that you're using your phone for. Yeah. Um, it made me like start to wonder if maybe there should be specific plans mm-hmm. offered to people yeah. with different in- impairments. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of different things were suggested during the hearings to um, make up for the fact that the uh, hard of hearing community uses primarily video to communicate. And one of those was to increase the data cap for people that are using mm-hmm. wireless plans that are members of that community. So that, that was something that was brought up. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that's cool. That's interesting. And, you know, uh, something that was also highlighted in that, uh, in their presentation was, you know, there's currently there exists this trial that you can ask for as uh, someone with an impairment where, you know, you can test out the phone and your uh, data to see if it's enough for your needs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but most people don't know about that because a lot of the carrier employees don't know about it either, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you, and you can't use information you don't have. Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, so I think it, it like really speaks to, you, you know, you think about the marketing material that Rogers, Bell, and TELUS and all the carriers put out, and I can't think of anyone that was like, hey, like, if you have an impairment, like, this is a great plan for you, right? It's always marketing towards able-bodied people, yeah. right? Um, or at least having, like, the carrier employees informed about it, right? Being aware of or, it, I think, would make a big difference. Yeah. Or I just, mean, you know, telling them, hey, it's okay if you don't, like, know the kind of A to Z of this because um, there's this webpage where you can yeah, check yeah. it out and you t- tell, right? The important thing is that if someone with one of those conditions comes in, you just kind of know that there is something to offer them, right? So right. every every carrier, it's mandated by the CRTC that every carrier across Canada um, has a certain allotment of devices mm-hmm. that can be used for those with hard of hearing, deaf, people with uh, accessibility. Um, Bell is actually, a year ago to the day I just checked, mm-hmm. um, Bell... So they're going to come out with specific plans yeah. for that group. Mm-hmm. 
it's not on the website, so I'm going to follow up and see what those plans are. That's interesting. That would be really interesting. interesting. And they said in a couple months, so it's been 12 months, so maybe they followed through. But Six for, couples yeah. of months. Yeah. So maybe we can uh, quickly talk about, um, for those who don't know, what device unlocking is, though. Yes, of yeah. course. Good yes. idea. Uh, Patrick, since you're the expert. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can go for that one. That's yeah. stuff that, something that I know stuff about. Um, so... When you purchase a phone with a plan with a carrier, it's often locked to that carrier. Um, I shouldn't even say often. It always is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to get it unlocked and use it with a different carrier is either through the actual carrier itself, where they charge you a fee, or there's third-party services that do it on on, on their own as well. Um, or you can actually do it yourself. I used to do that years ago. It was a somewhat simple process that was sometimes also difficult. Um, but that's essentially what unlocking is. When you purchase a phone with a carrier, it's locked to that carrier. If you want to use it, so it's, I go to Rogers, I buy an iPhone, I want to use that with TELUS, mm-hmm. I have to unlock it. Um, and every carrier uh, charges some sort of unlocking fee. And I, and I know that was a topic of discussion during this hearing as well, mm-hmm. uh, whether coming up with some kind of, um, I guess, standard for, for how much unlocking costs at every carrier, because I believe right now they all charge a different fee. Is that... It's roughly around 50 to 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was on the table, something that they, they talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what um, unlocking is mm-hmm. and a locked phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, in in relation to the uh, groups with disability, you know, they pointed out very interestingly that, um, you know, it makes their community, about 20% of their community has unlocked phones, which is higher significantly higher than the average in Canada, right? And the reason is, is because, you know, they're constantly looking, because they are so starved for data, they're constantly looking for better rate plans, and so they're constantly switching between the three. Um, And so, you know, the more I read into why people were kind of arguing for uh, unlocking and other initiatives, it made sense to me. Right. Like uh, I always kind of thought, oh, it's like a nice it's a nice to have. It's not necessarily a need to have. And for a lot of people, it seems it's a need to have. Right. Do, yeah. do we know how many people have issues in Canada? Not issues, but you know yeah. what I mean? How uh, many, like a certain um, like what percentage of the population? You know what? We can look it up we in can. the census, I feel. Um, I think it is part of the census. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously, you know, it's significant enough that it was highlighted in the. Yeah. Yeah, presentations. And it is definitely interesting because while there were disability provisions built mm-hmm. into the wireless code three years ago, I don't think that was a key feature that was reported on when it was introduced. Well, it, it would be good, too, if they were more transparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well, like more uh, more visible and accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, there are other issues as well. Um, there's really nowhere else that people that Mm-hmm. Uh, that believe they're part of a that uh, consider themselves part of a specific community mm-hmm. yeah. can go to find these resources if their wireless provider or their customer service provider isn't able to tell them directly. Mm-hmm. And another example, uh, moving away from the hard of hearing community is the blind community mm-hmm. that uh, does not have contracts available to them in Braille. Right. Yeah, that's like crazy. Right? That's, like, that's interesting. You know, or just um, I think you know one of their concerns was like. You know, shouldn't it be one of the wireless service providers that pay for this to be translated into Braille, right? Yeah. You know, it's because it's these contracts are hard to understand as they are, and then if you can't read Depends them, if you well, don't have a copy, yeah. Well, that was one of the things that they discussed. Like, 
you guys mentioned in the story, I think mm-hmm. that uh, people often don't have a lot of time to review their contracts before signing them. They sort yeah. of just thrown at them and then they and expect you to sign it, it right away. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's that. So it, mm-hmm. even for people that don't suffer from some kind of uh, like they're not visually impaired, mm-hmm. that that's an issue as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, the CRTC, they moved the deadline for groups to contribute to the 20th, I believe. Um, so we'll obviously, you know, this is a story that's kind of ongoing and we'll continue to follow it as it develops. Um, I think it's safe to say everyone, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what comes out of this. Hopefully um, positive changes, obviously. Uh, but on that note, it's uh, we're running close to time. So annual or uh, weekly tradition shout outs. I can awesome. do mine. I can do mine first. <laughs> Go ahead. Cool. Um, I'd like to send my shout out to Creative Assembly mm-hmm. for releasing Halo Wars 2 because mm-hmm. uh, I've had a lot of fun with that game and I, I didn't expect to at all. I really didn't want to play it, didn't have much interest in it, but mm-hmm. it's probably one of my favorite games of uh, of 2017. Probably like like even uh, the latter half of 2016, I haven't played a game that I had that much fun with. Mm-hmm. Ian? Cool. My shout out goes to Tim Hortons. <laughs> if you can believe that, this luscious cup of glory in front of me is roll, Great up, the radio r- here. roll <laughs> up the rim, and it's the best thing that will ever hit your mouth. <laughs> Solid shout out. Jessica? Um, I think I'm going to go controversial with this shout out. My shout out goes to McCafe, because it is the best thing that will ever hit your mouth. <laughs> <sighs> Let's beef. <laughs> so dear listeners, uh, rather than give a shout out, I think... Uh, I ask you in the comments Hurts. section, which do you prefer, McCafe? Oh my lord! What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> we'll get back with the results of this very scientific survey. I'm going to publish people, them on Inside Timmy's. People are going to respond and just say Starbucks. Oh Starbucks yeah, they'll, they'll take like a I mean, third that's option. a valid. That's a valid opinion as well. As long as it's not like uh, second cup, country style, or no. country style, which is no, the, the dirt of the world of <laughs> coffee culture. <laughs> oh. That's hard. That's right. I can say that here. Uh, Before we incriminate ourselves anymore, thanks for listening. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.